Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about the 2023 Oscar winners. The Oscars! The Academy did we, Awards! Did we go over the nominations? No, we didn't go over the I nominations. Which is which is fine. I mean the nominations, I mean it's it's good, but like yeah, yeah it's good to do it all now. All I think I think it's 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 better to, to for for a listening thing if you can like do like predictions or something like you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And yep. uh, and we didn't have predictions no, this I year. No, predictions. Um, nope. And so so now we just present you with the winners. Um, and uh, and so we'll get to that a little bit later. I watched the Oscars, and so I can comment on that as well. Uh, we also have some picks of the week. But first, John, what have you been up to this week? Is it picks of the week or is it news? Oh man! Oh, I thought we had. I thought we had picks. Okay, well, we'll go with the picks. I uh, <laughs> we could also. I thought we had one article of news, but that didn't feel substantial enough to have a news whole. New, we can we can quickly do it. This is all true. This is all true. So we're gonna do picks, and we're gonna do a news. News. Okay. Uh, a single. A single news. And news. A, just a news. A news. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh man. Well, so uh you asked me what I've been up to. I, I haven't been up to much. I have been um uh, out of town. Nice. Um dri- driving across the country, which was a blast. Nice. Uh, how was like, how was the it, trip? It was really fun. It was really fun. We made it we went to Denver and back and it was a blast. It was a it was a really good time. Nice. Nice. In a in a in a camper van? Yeah, in a camper van. The uh in a uh a, a sweet camper van and uh yeah, it was it was a really fun time. There wasn't a ton of time for other things other than just like, hey, you know, do the driving but also do the like the the like, you know, see the sights, see the places, visit the things, you know, the stops, that sort of thing. Um Denver was a blast. Went to the uh, the Red Rock Amphitheater, which is a really nice, cool place nice. there. Yeah. Um, Did you see a show? No, because they oh. were renovating it um, to like adding adding like they're basically redoing all of their like uh, parking and uh-huh. situation there, and all the different like ramps and things that would have to get up to it. This the, like that location is like fascinating there's these gigantic like building size red rocks that are there obviously via the name you know um and uh and there's an amphitheater nestled into the in between two of these gigantic rocks right and it's like up on this mountain um originally it was like it was it was put in in like the early 1900s and so like this this area has been through a lot of like changes and a lot of like updates and things like that and so now they're updating it even further to add more parking more ability to get people up to that place because like dude like whatever whatever like parked there and like had to walk like across a like maybe a five foot uh they paved it at this point like this this path anyway um paved pathway with like a thousand steps on it to get up to this thing and so like they're 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 just like enhancing the ability to allow people to go to this place (laughs) um Mm. um but it was gorgeous it was real cool um back in the uh like 1920 or something like that there was like 
There was a funicular that went like up to the top of the mountain and back down, which is like a mountain trolley type of a situation. Um, and so people would ride up there and that sort of thing, but they took it out like a, after a certain point, but the trail is still there. So hiked a little bit of that trail. Anyway, it was a fantastic time. It was a really good, really good, uh, trip to Denver and back. And, uh, it was a, it was a blast. So that is what I've been up to this week. I mean, but I will say, if you ever get a chance to go see a show at the Red Rock Amphitheater in Denver, definitely do. Like it's it, even just like going and like while they had like half the stage, you know, torn out and stuff like that. It's just a gorgeous place. I have no idea what the acoustics will, will be like because it's like bouncing off the <laughs> rocks and stuff like who knows. But like from a visual and like experiential uh perspective, the the like the seating there like is just basically like risers and bleachers that go all the way up this like huge huge uh incline and there's the giant rocks on either side. It's just it's a really cool place that you can like from the parking lot and from like on the hike on the way there, you can look out and see all of Denver, like the downtown area and, and all of this whole like uh, area around Denver and stuff. So it's basically the first line of the Rocky Mountains is, is where this place is at. It's like the first kind of first or second uh, line of those mountains, um, you know, so you're like one deep or something like that through into the into the mountain range there. So uh, anyway, it's a blast. Go go check it out if you're in Denver. Um Go check out shows there if they're doing shows there. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to uh, the past, I guess, couple of weeks? Nine days? I don't know how long yeah, it's been, yeah. Chris. Um, so the, um, the the main thing I'm – I'll just I'll say what I'm up to right now. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully you're podcasting right this very second. Well, no. Also, at the same time, March Madness is happening, John. <laughs> okay. And okay. so um, – uh, so that's 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 my that's what I've been up to right now, um, and will be up to for this the rest of this weekend and uh, several weekends after after this. You'll be going um, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, like so. I think the the uh, the main like thing I was going to talk about, and I haven't really finished this yet. But uh, there's a uh, man. I should look up that this isn't my pick of the week, but um, I should have looked up what this is. Let me pull it up. Uh, I've been. I watched the first episode of a documentary on Netflix about the uh, um, the Malaysian airline that disappeared uh, a few years ago. Remember that? That was like it was like ten years ago at this point. Um, Malaysian Airlines. Uh, what is it called? Uh, MH three seven zero. Anyway, it does a. It's it's fascinating, John. There's all these. There's three episodes, and each one deals with a possible scenario and what happened to that plane. And uh, each one more mind blowing than the last. Um, you know, it's and it's, st- it's stopping uh, got just short of a lost type scenario. And so uh, I recommend it based off that first episode alone. Um, so that's kind of what I've been up to and what I'm up, what I'm up to currently. Um, not not a ton, but um, it's been fun. I do have uh, I do have one other thing I've been up to, but I'm saving that for my pick of the week. Okay, I mean, we'll see. The thing was, I whenever you were like, "I'm doing it right now, like right this second, yeah. I was like, "I was like, what? Are you listening to an audio book? Like, what's you know, <laughs> like I was just outlandish things were happening in my head where I was like, "What is the? What would be the most implausible and hardest thing to maintain in doing entertainment wise while you're podcasting?" Um, I think audiobook is is pretty high up there because like you know the competing 
uh, voices talking to you, you know? Yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. That'd be hard. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be too too hard, too hard. Um, well, in that case, Chris, I think it's time for... The Pick of the Week! Pick of the Week! All right, John, uh, what's your Pick of the Week? My Pick of the Week this week is a little thing that is coming out from i believe hyperkin is that who who's putting this thing out this uh yeah it's hyperkin is the is the name of the company and they are coming out with an xbox 360 style controller so like imagine mm. in your head like close your eyes and travel back in time 10 15 years ago or was it, how long ago was that chris it, it feels like feels like a, it's been two generations the 360 were, yeah the 360 that, i mean that's been a long time ago dude um, so like 15 years ago <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just yeah, imagine, I mean, it was definitely around back then. It probably came, I think it came out probably almost 20 years ago. I, I'm, I'm going to find out because uh, like, you on, know, I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine if you will just travel back in time in your mind to the, the comfort and the warm feelings of holding a Xbox 360 controller. You can now. Get that same exact feeling, but play on a much more modern console of the Xbox Series S and X, as well as PC, and uh, and just ex- have the exact same same experience, but you know, but but better, <laughs> better graphically, but the same feels, the same. It feels. would be interesting to to buy it for and play a lot of the backwards compatible games. Yeah, on that, um, on the controller in which you probably played them originally. Yeah. And so the thing about like the thing that I, I think about whenever I think about controllers, a lot of times, Chris is I think about the main button, the on button of the 360 controller. Like think of the, the way that that felt around the, uh, the round top of it. And like you push down on it. It's like, ah, oh, it's a little squishy, you know, I yeah. like it's uh that in and of itself is just like, oh my goodness. Anyway, so Hyperkin's coming out with a controller that looks exactly like the old Xbox controllers. Um, nice. this, I think this is the same co- company that came out with the the Duke controller. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so hi- yeah, so they, they paid uh, homage to, to the original Xbox with the Duke controller, which I didn't really ever have, have much fondness for. Like, it was basically like, oh, this is like a, 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 a like a, a a chunky Dreamcast controller is, is the way I always thought about that, the Duke controller, because it was like kind of split and stuff. Anyway, um, but the uh, the 360 controller, dude, that was whenever I was like, ooh, controllers can be comfortable? I can be comfortable playing con- playing playing video games? Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. This is It's a very cool, cool device. Nice. So the 360 was launched in November 2005, so almost, uh, so I guess that would be... Uh, 18 years ago. So we were close. Somewhere between 15 and 20. Dude, um, the, 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 not this generation, but like the, the generation between these two like lasted forever. Well, yeah. And then, so yeah, so, so that, that came out in 2005 and then the Xbox One came out in 2013. Right. But they kept producing Xbox 360s through 2016. They yeah. finally ended production in 2016. Wow. So it was a full, um, 11 year span of production for the Xbox 360. My goodness. I mean, that, that's, that's forever. Like, and then, and you know, you think about before, I guess it was, I remember thinking back then like, Oh yeah, generations last about four years. And, but like, yeah. 
man, that's a long time. Well, and I, I think, you know, honestly, like, you know, you think back, it, technology tends to, um, uh, it, it grows and um, betters, betters itself at an exponential rate versus a, like a linear rate. And so, like, whereas before it, we were, you know, uh, it would be a long time between generations. You sit around waiting for the next thing. I think honestly, once we once we entered the the world of like being able to build your own PC and and you could very quickly just upgrade a graphics card, and then all of a sudden, like not only are you as a consumer able to see what's actually possible, but then uh, devs are able to um, to access that stuff and say, oh well, I, like, like we can we can. Um, optimize for these higher graphics and that kind of thing, then it kind of becomes a necessity to upgrade your, your um, hardware at a, at a faster rate or future proof them to such a point that um, because like, I mean, traditionally they're not putting the best of the best in these boxes. You know what I mean? They're putting, putting in things that they can manufacture at scale. And uh, until honestly, I would say the, the Xbox, um, X Series X and the PlayStation Five. That's when we finally like they. I think they they were like, hey, we have to future proof this a little bit because mm-hmm. I mean, you think of the gener the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One generations. I mean, the Xbox One quickly we had the Xbox One X um, and S and PlayStation Four Pro. Like those were, and then and then we went to PlayStation Five and um, and Xbox Series X Series S way before. Like honestly. It kind of felt like it was necessary, but yeah, Fr- from those those mid generation yeah. consoles for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing rumblings about mi- um, like mid generation consoles now, but I don't like I haven't seen anything serious about it. You know, man, until until like especially like PlayStation, especially Sony, like until they can get like all like basically meet demand with the PlayStation Five I as know, right? is. Like, there's no way they're going to think about putting something else out. It's like the Switch. Like, there's all those rumors about the Switch Pro or whatever, and it's like, dude, the, the Switch base model is still selling a ton. Why would they take the, the like, production hit as far as, like, cost-wise to put out a new model? Like, it's there's no no way. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'm there with you where it's like, yeah, it just it do, didn't seem like whenever we went to the series or whatever from the Pro and from the uh, from the Xbox One um, X, it didn't like that jump was like, OK, yeah, it's 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 big, but it's like it's kind of incremental. Um, it felt more like the jump from play like 360 to Xbox One, right? Like that jump wasn't huge either. Like there was, it was like two years into the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4's life cycle where I was like, okay, these games couldn't have been done on the previous hardware, right? Like it's, and so like now, I do feel like the there are games that couldn't have been done on the pre on like the Xbox One base hardware like that was out the gate, but they could have been done on the Xbox One X, you know. So like, because right. it already had like, didn't it already have like an SSD or something like that? Like it, uh, it kind of yeah uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it had. It. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. The SSD is the literally the only thing that like you can't do loading wise on on the older generation um, upgraded I, models. I think it did, but Xbox One X uh, SSD. I'm not sure though. Did it have an SSD? I don't know. Yeah, I know it had the liquid cooling, and that was the big deal there. Xbox. If you feel comfortable, no, it was still a, a, a physical like spinning hard drive. Yeah. Um, uh, 
But it, this was the thing that always like got me. Like they had crammed so much in there, yeah. And the processor, they had to be liquid cooled, right? They had this liquid cooling system, right? Um, which was pretty wild. It's super cool. <laughs> um, they were, they were like, this thing is not going to overheat. Get the red ring of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, there's no way. There's no yeah. way. I mean, honestly, like that's the way that the the PS5 and the uh, and the Xbox Series X. Like the Series S is tiny, but the Xbox Series X, like they and the PlayStation Five, they're they're big, and the reason that they're big is because like all of that like cooling and the fans that like pull the air through the bottom and go out the top and stuff, and like it still gets kind of like warm by it. Like if I like walk by like my uh, oh, yeah. where, where my box is and I've been just like playing some you know next gen game it's like i'll feel the heat on my leg as i walk by you know it's like yeah. Ooh. i mean it, yeah it's definitely spitting out hot air for sure but it doesn't need to be liquid cooled <laughs> no no it does not need to be liquid cooled um but yeah well awesome well that's my pick of the week is if you oh, want to yeah. relive relive those uh those glory days of you know 18 years ago going back to uh going back to like 2005 um 2000 yeah 2005 then uh then then this controller's for you you can pre-order it i believe now like may 5th is what this article says um so yeah so you should be able to pre-order it at this point um and then it comes out let's see when does it come out when will it be released Mm, it'll set you back 50 bucks and you can get it in black, white, pink, or red, which I thought that, that that's cool, like having the the, the different color options. Um, does not say when it's going to come out in this article, though. So uh, so let me just go to their website, and I'll find out. But Chris, what is your pick of the week? Yeah, so my pick of the week is a game that I'm pretty sure just left uh, Game Pass. And I oh, started no. playing it. Yeah, I, I didn't even finish it, so I'm probably going to... I'm going to... Not probably. I'm going to have to buy it. Oh, no. Um, yep. It was Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you play it ever? Oh, uh, dude, no. This was I was. It's it's off of, of Game Pass now. Yeah, it, it went. I, it left on the fifteenth. Oh no! Um, I started playing it uh, last week, and dude, so good. I've heard um, fantastic things about it. Yeah, like I I don't know why I didn't like jump into it sooner. I don't think I understood exactly uh, what it was. I should have done a little more research, like because. Uh, um, the Avengers video game, which I also haven't played, which I need to because this is on Game Pass, so I'll play that before it leaves Game Pass. It came out in, like, to middling reviews, and I remember Guardians of the Galaxy kind of came out right after that, and, like, I don't think I really just paid enough attention to it, but it's a really yeah. strong single-player game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, I confused the two because, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you you control Peter um, Quill, and you're, you're kind of, like... You have some of his backstory along with his journey, like in this story as Star Lord with the rest of the group, and um, and uh, like while you are playing, like what whichever other ancillary characters are around, or all of them, if they're all around, you can control different abilities for for them from them. So like cool. instead of because I mean because Peter's not he he's not um. He doesn't have superpowers or anything like that. I mean, yeah, like, of all of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you're like, hey, which one do you want to control in a video game? I wouldn't necessarily be like Star-Lord because like... Totally. All and of the not, other ones literally... Like, give me a real big gun. Like, yeah, a rocket, it, you know? And it's, <laughs> and it's not like an RPG where like... Um, where, 
you know, one, like you control one, like one and you do a, uh, an action or a move and, and then you go to the next one. It's not like a turn-based RPG or anything like that. It's literally like a character with a building skill tree, like where you, you are unlocking kind of in the early um, stages different abilities for Rocket or for Groot or cool. Gamora where you can like, you know, you just like in the middle of a battle, Groot has this thing where he'll like, uh, put roots in the ground and like f- uh, basically freeze all the enemies in the battlefield. And so you can like fire that and then you can you know, uh, shoot them and get rid of them. And then like that ability then has a cooldown. But you can use Rocket's ability to shoot these huge bombs at them, you know, like. And so you can kind of like, depending on what's going on in the battle and what you're facing. Um, and there's not really a like in this game, much like a lot of other like action games like that these days. There's not really a, a huge like penalty for death. It's just the time that you invested in it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even like at least on the Xbox Series X, it doesn't even like take long to load back into. You just kind of immediately go back to the beginning of the encounter, and so cool. Um, the story was really great. The voice acting was great. It has this huge licensed music catalog from the '80s, and so like that was awesome. Um, I, I didn't finish it, um, but I am going to, because it's, it's definitely worth the purchase price and definitely worth the playthrough. Yeah. And I remember at the time, like, because Avengers came out and it was like really like not received well and it like, you know, people didn't like care for it that much. And then, and then this came out right after that. And it was like, I feel like the idea of like, oh, it's a team game. But it's single player didn't the the but it's single player part didn't necessarily like echo through because like I don't know I like I just recently if I guess probably because it was on Game Pass like I, somebody said was like hey you need to play Guardians of the Galaxy because it's real fun and I was like isn't that like a live service thing and it's like no that's not a live service thing at all it's a single player game um, yeah that's awesome dude I, uh, I the the way that those abilities sound sounds kind of similar to the way that like. Atreus works in in uh, God of War 2018 and and God of War Ragnarok where it's like you basically have a separate skill tree for the additional character and you can trigger their like their powers um, with like you know on the fly uh, with cooldowns and things. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. dude. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, that's my pick of the week. Well, Chris, mm. I think it's time for some news. The news. Hit us. Hit us with it. So we've got the uh, a, a final release date. Well, it's been delayed what twice now uh, for Starfield. Uh, yeah, at least. Um, and the biggest reason that I wanted to talk about it was like Starfield is coming out in September, uh, on September sixth this year. So like, and I think this is like one of the latest release dates that we have for any game, but definitely like f- big first party game. Um, but this is the first time within this console generation with the series and the uh, PS5 that we've had that we will have a l- huge first party game from both Sony and Xbox. Um, and if you want to count like uh, Breath of the Wild 2, you know, you're also going to have that in the mix as of, you know, two months from now or whatever. But from a holiday or, or like fall game perspective, this is the first time that we will have a large first party game from Xbox in Starfield and then PlayStation 5 with uh, Spider-Man 2. Um, 
So yeah. Anyway, that's 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 it. That's it's just a small little piece of news. But uh, but in the first year of the, these consoles, we basically, you know, Sony had a, a couple of bigger bigger games like with uh, Spider Man Miles Morales, and we had some other other games. But Xbox really didn't have one. Then the next year, Sony didn't have one. Like this was last year, and they uh, Xbox had um, had Halo. And then, you know, this past year, I guess, like, not very, no one had much. And then this year, we'll have uh, have Spider-Man and Starfield. So, um, Starfield happening in September feels feels pretty cool to me, like, at the beginning of fall. Like, uh, seems like a good time to go explore a, explore a galaxy. Yeah, that's great. That is the news. All right, John. Hit me with some, some, some Academy Award stuff. Yep, so... Um, I'm going to go through the nominees and the winners. Um, I uh, I watched the the the, uh, the award show. Um, it was it was pretty good. Um, I uh, I think I, the thing I like the most is that they brought back all the awards. Like they televised all the awards. Nice. Like they didn't do any of these. Like especially last year, they had gotten to the point where they were like, I mean, I think I feel like a third of the awards at least were all like given off screen beforehand or something like that. And they told us about it in the show, like important ones. We've um, discussed that before, like whether it's this or whether it's like the game awards or all sorts of like a lot of award shows do that. And yeah. it's just like, it feels like complete nonsense. Cause you're like, why are we even here? If, if we don't get to see the awards, like if we don't get to see like who did the best, like soundtrack or like who did the best sound design or like whatever, like, you know, I feel like, uh, if we can't see those things, yeah, I mean, it feels what are we even doing? for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so they brought them all back, which was great. Um, so super pumped about that. Um, the the broadcast was, was pretty good. Jimmy Kimmel did a good job. It was, you know, pretty bland. That's what I feel like needed to happen after uh, uh, last year's um, uh, debacle with uh, Will Smith. And, um, and so there were... It was pretty. There was nothing shocking. The, like literally, the only thing that was even like halfway out of the ordinary is um, Elizabeth Banks uh, presented one of the awards and had a had someone in a giant bear costume come out. Like she directed Cocaine Bear that's out right now in theaters, and so like they made some jokes about that. But that was literally the only only thing that was like even remotely like out of the mainstream of what you would expect at an award show from an award show from a yeah. from prestigious award show. Yeah. The, the ratings weren't great. <laughs> um, they've plummeted, um, ever since, uh, 20, uh, I, I'm trying to do this by memory, but I was looking at it earlier today. Um, uh, I think it was basically, they, they have not recovered since post pandemic, um, levels. Um, and, and I would, I would say just as a whole, like it just hasn't, this year it feels like it'll be better. But it just hasn't felt like there's just been a ton of like great, you know, like movies. There's been good ones, like Dune, like really great ones, like Dune and the Batman and stuff like that. But like there's not, it's, 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 it's still like we still have not gotten back to like, okay, where things feel like they're rocking and rolling anymore. Um, so hopefully that, that turns soon. It feels like uh, movies just take so freaking long to do and make, man. You know, it's just, it's just hard. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and that's the thing, like whenever, uh, We've talked about this, like even with like you know, with Marvel on, on a much like on a different type of a scale, where it's like with Marvel, it's just like it feels like they don't really have their footing underneath them, and so no. like you know, it just well, takes like, a while. Yeah with, yeah, with Marvel, like, I don't know, and I think there's some other things going on just in general, and this is just uh, like more indicative of like the over reliance on on digital. Like I think you know, you've got it's it's a blessing and a curse that you can like 
you know, use these fully digital um, LED sound stages where, you know, you can put your characters in any location um, using the, the technology that we have, like they use for the Mandalorian, you know, uh, where everything's on an LED screen behind them and they just need to, you know, pull in some sand or some snow or whatever they need to in the studio. I think, like, like that's great. Uh, you know, I, I do think that there's a little bit of, like, over-reliance on, on digital effects, um, you know, that, like, you know, bigger films like Mission Impossible because of Tom Cruise kind of like get around. And that's why like Top Gun was freaking amazing. Cause like, and that's why it looks the way it looks, you know, it's just hard dude to like, yeah, to recreate an actual physical thing in a digital way that makes it feel real. Well, and I also think that like the, the Hollywood goes through, like goes through curves of, of the technology into, you know, and like ups and downs. Like you figure like, oh man, whenever, you know, Jurassic Park, like that still holds up like super well. Yeah, um, a lot but of around that's that same, too, you know. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. It was a mix. It was a mix. Yeah, it's a mix. Um, yep. But then like you, around the same time, you had a lot of movies that just don't hold up as well yeah. from a graphical perspective because people were just relying on them really heavily. And then you get into, you know, a lot of the, you know, later on where it's like, oh yeah, like Lord of the Rings or like other, you know, you get back into this, like, oh yeah, like the technology has like come, you know, come of age at this point where it's like, Hey, this is, we can use this now. And then now we're kind of back into that. Like, Oh man, we're trying new things. We're doing completely digital and like, and so it just, it just needs some time to, to really kind of do its own thing. It's funny. Cause there are shots in the Mandalorian, um, this season where the, they do something different where like visibly I'm like, Oh, this is a real set. Oh, and you're like, <laughs> Oh crap. This yeah. Is something yeah else I was like, Oh man, that angle wouldn't have been possible in a warehouse, you know, <laughs> like that type of a situation, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah. So like it, there are, there are moments where I'm like, I, I'm kind of jarred back into like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's a type of a shot that you can do whenever yeah. it's uh, like, oh, whenever it's a real set. This is what that looks like. Yeah. And it's because I love like certain things where it's like, Oh, like let's embrace the technology. Let's like, you know, make things that look stunning with this technology. Um, but then once you, can only make things that with that technology, like it becomes a little bit more samey and then, you know, you got to shake it up with, uh, with something else for every, every once in a while. So, and they are this, this season, it seems so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's where we're at. Chris, hmm. what else do you have for the, about, oh, okay. about the so, Academy Awards? So that was just talking else? about the, uh, the overall, no, I'm going to go through the winners and, and losers here. Let me pull that back up. Um, uh, so, Best sound. I'm going to start there. And remember, they, they combined the sound editing and sound mixing into one category. Don't agree with it, but that's Blah. what they did. Yep, so I the, don't like it. Yep. The, um, makes no uh, sense, Chris. It makes uh-huh. no sense. Nominees, um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar the Way of Water, Elvis, The Batman, and Top Gun Maverick took the award. Uh, best production design nominees Elvis, Avatar The Way of Water, The Fablemans, Babylon, and All Quiet on the Western Front won that award. Uh, best film editing nominees were Tar, Elvis, The Banshees of Insurin, Top Gun Maverick, and Everything All Everywhere All at Once took that away. And you're going to notice a trend here, here in a second where that movie just runs away with almost everything. Um, Best costume design, Elvis, everything all everywhere all at once. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, Babylon. Winner, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. 
Best makeup and hairstyling, the Batman, oh, the nominees, the Batman, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, The Whale one, which if you've seen a um, preview for that, I haven't seen the movie yet, I need to, but man, they did a phenomenal job on Brendan Fraser, and like they talked about it, and I kind of did some deep diving afterwards, and um, they not only had like physical makeup on his body, but then they used like what they call, what they, they were calling digital makeup, so it's, it's a mix of makeup and digital stuff on his face, but they did what they call digital makeup so that he could... Um, have they could track his facial expressions and they could be more lifelike in the actual movie, which is really wild. So it's not just like covered up underneath all this, you know, like prosthetics and makeup. Uh, best cinematography: Tar, Elvis, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Empire of Light, and then All Quiet on the Western Front won best cinematography. Best animated short film: The Flying Sailor. An ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. The Boy, The Mole, and The Fox, and The Horse won. Um, best Visual Effects, The Batman, All Quiet on the Western Front, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Top Gun Maverick, and Avatar The Way of Water won. I don't, how do they not win that category? <laughs> Best Original Screenplay, Tar, The Fablemans, Triangle of Sadness, The Banshees of Venture, and Everything Everywhere All at Once were, was the winner of that, the Best Original Screenplay. Best Documentary Short Subject, How Do You Measure a Year, Stranger at the Gate, The Martha Mitchell Effect, Haul Out, and The Elephant Whisperers won. Best Adapted Screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out, Mystery, Top Gun Maverick, Living, women talking, women talking one. So the two that like, and I didn't know you could do this with best adapted. I'm like, okay, this is a little odd. Um, so, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. It's being it's adapted by Ryan Johnson from characters created by Ryan Johnson, <laughs> which feels like a which feels like a weird yeah. backdoor way into the adapted screenplay category. Uh, does seem interesting. I mean, like, I guess, like, you, you would assume, like, oh, yeah, it's from, from Knives Out. Yeah. It's and I've adapted those characters into, into a, a new movie. Into a sequel. But so same thing, same thing happened. Like, well, it wasn't the character. They didn't say the characters. Top Gun Maverick was adapted from Top Gun. Yeah. The movie. It feel, that feels a little strange because, like, you, you usually adapt something from, from like, a, like a different form media. Yeah. Like a, a like a, a book like or if, like if a Ryan Johnson a had just or... heard somebody on the street talking about these characters and he adapted them from some, you know, like, uh, like if it wasn't him, uh, you know, it's just weird. It's like, yeah, you did what now? <laughs> like you and I could write an adapted screenplay based on characters created by us. That feels though. <laughs> just yeah i don't know man that's that's interesting which isn't that every movie almost yeah but i mean it's it, no it's it's not every movie it's well, every, every if it's every movie, movie with 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 other characters like every sequel yeah it's it, that sounds oddly like an original screenplay to me that we wrote ourselves and came up with ourselves i feel like yeah like terminator 2 yeah. adapted screenplay from, from terminator, terminator one one which honestly the way that that the well, way that, that one that actually probably is, makes sense because like, of the oh, time man. loop. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I just think it's like, okay, are you kidding me? You're like, <laughs> you're the best adapted screenplay is now filled with 
original screenplays? Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that seems, it does, I just it didn't does know, seem odd. I didn't know that. See, I guess maybe there's just, I haven't seen sequels end up in this category. So I didn't know how it would, you know, get handled. And Honestly. maybe, I mean, it just, it just feels like that, that is a loophole, but like, yeah. maybe there's like, maybe there is some precedent for it. Yeah. There I might just, be. I, I, don't I know just it. can't like, I can't think of one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So best action, best live action short film, Night Ride, uh, Evalue, The Pooples, The Red Suitcase, and An Irish Goodbye One. Uh, best documentary feature, A House Made of Splinters. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, All That Breeze, and Navalny One. Best Original Score. So this was, um, this was, uh, I th- I'm trying to remember what the, uh, um, I think John Williams, they were saying on the telecast, he's still the uh, like most nominated um, person. It's like 50 nominations or something like that, 50, 56. He's won six times. Um he was nominated for the Fablemans. Um, I think he was also like the oldest uh, composer to be nominated or something like that. Wow! Um, at like eighty-eight or is he eighty-eight or ninety-two? I can't remember. There were, there were several. There were several older ages called out in this um, category or not category uh, in this telecast. Um, the Banshees of Insurin, everything all everywhere all at once, Babylon. It in the winter was all quiet on the Western Front. John Williams is is 91 years old. 91, okay. Uh, All right, best director. uh, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. Todd Field for Tar. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Insurin. And then The Winners, which I think this is the first time there have been like a director duo that's won for best director. But it was Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Animated Feature, uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Man, I can't even say that. That's like a tongue twister. Marcel (laughs) the Shell with Shoes On. Uh, It it looks uh, really, really uh, funny. I haven't seen it. Turning Red and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio one. Best Supporting Actress, uh, Hong Chao for The Whale, Stephanie Hsu for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Insurance, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Jamie Lee Curtis won Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actor, Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Insurance, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Insurance, and Ki Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Ki Hui Kwan won. Um, it was really uh, cool. It wasn't, was it, that, was it then or was it a different time? Anyway, uh, so uh, Ki Hui Kwan played Short Round in um, Indiana Jones. And um, I saw some interviews before, like this, because he was nominated. To, you know, talking about he hadn't seen Harrison Ford in like years, mm-hmm. and um, and so he actually got to come back and and play the same character in the new Indiana Jones. And he was talking about how like that was an emotional thing coming back and and um, seeing Harrison again. But Harrison was at the Academy Awards, and um, when uh, I think it was when 
when he won this award, it was either that or it was one of these other awards that that movie won. But Harrison Ford was there and presented the award, and he came up and gave Harrison Ford a big old hug, and it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome. It was pretty emotional. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and he talked about like in his acceptance award, he talked about how like you know he at one point like almost gave up acting. You know, he just but but now he's he's he won but uh, an Oscar. Finally, so that was <laughs> that's really cool. Amazing, yeah, that's awesome. Love it. Um, best international feature film: EO, Close, The Quiet Girl, Argentina, nineteen eighty five, and All Quiet on the Western Front. All Quiet on the Western Front one. Best international film. Uh, best original song: Applause by Dan, Diane Warren. Hold my hand, Lady Gaga and Blood Pop. Lift me up by Rihanna. Tim's. Ryan Coogler and uh, sorry, trying to see if I, if I rotate my phone. If you'll tell me who this other person is. Oh, here is a uh, uh, Ludwig Göransson. Life. This life is. This is a life by Mishki, David Byrne, and Ryan Lotz. And then uh, the winner was Natu Natu by M M Caravini Chendrabos. Uh, it was from a uh, movie called RRR. Uh, Which is, I think, on on Netflix. Oh, is it? Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, so is All Quiet on the Western Front. There's several. Like, so what's funny? Like, there there were multiple callouts um, for like almost every time for the studio. I'll tell you the two studios that were just called out for all, across all these winners: Netflix and then A24. And like, they they were all over everything. Um, best actress. Anna de Armas for Blonde, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Michelle Yeoh won for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, best Actor. Paul Mezcal for Aftersun, Bill Nye for Living, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Insurance. Austin Butler for Elvis and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Brendan Fraser won, which is really, really cool. Like, it was cool. Like, he's another one that, another person who's just like, you know, uh, he, he, he grew up in the, like, kind of just like uh, several wins here. I think, like, I mean, the, all the acting wins were pretty wild. You got Brendan Fraser, um, who does a lot of, like, genre films and, like, you know, popcorn, big summer blockbusters, but not something, somebody you typically think of as, like, an, you know, in, in, in a role that would win an Oscar. Um, Michelle Yeoh, I mean, she's, a, I think she's like 60 something. Like she's, she's just not the typical like action movie star. And she's in like this huge, like multiverse blockbuster type movie. Um, you had, uh, Kihei Kwan, who was, you know, again, he, he's done genre movies and stuff like that. And like he won, Jamie Lee Curtis does genre movies, <laughs> you know, she's like horror movies and stuff like that. And like, it was just, it's just really cool seeing, um, those, those people win those awards. And then, awesome. uh, the last, last award, best picture, um, the nominees were Tar, Elvis, Avatar, The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Fablemans, Triangle of Sadness, The Banshees of Insurance, Women Talking, Top Gun Maverick. Every time someone said Top Gun Maverick, there was somebody in the, in the crowd who was like, wow, like every time <laughs> and it was it was really funny. It, it like, was Tom it, even if it was just yeah, it was Tom, Tom Cruise. No, he wasn't was even Tom. there. He was wasn't. <laughs> it was just he. He was in disguise. Yeah, uh, you know, it was it was him, but in the Mission Impossible like faces. Yeah, you know, yeah. just uh, the winner was everything everywhere all at once. 
So they they uh, cool. They cleaned up at the uh, at the awards, and so that's Dude, it. That's the movie. So that movie, it's it's it, that movie came out like early in the year too. Um, like and so like yeah, and I've been hearing about it since it came out, and it's one of those where I've I've had it on my list of like oh no, I'm gonna watch that, I'm gonna watch that, I'm gonna watch that, and I just haven't ever sat down to watch it. Same. Um. Uh, so that's it. That's the uh, Academy Awards. I love it. I love yep. it. So, like, of uh, of the kind of best picture things, a lot of times you go see, like, a lot of the best pictures beforehand. Yeah. Um, I mean, which I one, ne- like, were there any that you, like, you, like, saw beforehand? Or, no. like, are, are pretty much all these no, other than Top Gun Maverick, right that's really the only one I uh, I saw. I didn't even see Avatar. Uh, the... Here's here's the here's the problem, John. And I need I I could have made it happen. I just didn't make it happen. Like I need to make it a priority. But like AMC has not done their best picture showcase um, since uh, before the pandemic. And then like this year, they they had all the they re released all the movies in theaters. But it was just mm. like regular showtimes. It wasn't like you could go watch them in like one day or in like a couple Ooh. weekends. Yeah. You'd so it basically you had to, you ha- would have to like go, Oh, I'm going to hit this one today. That one, the next one. Yeah. And so like, even if you have like the, the like, Hey, you can go see as many movies as you want or like, uh, you right. know, up to a certain point. Yep. Um, you would still have to plan all that out rather yep. than just like go in one time. Yeah. For me, it's more um, like, I, I like, hmm. uh, even if it's over two weekends, like they used to do like those, yep. you know, like, I uh, I prefer to just like let's just like rock through and make an make a, an event of it and um, watch all these movies and uh, I'm I really miss miss them doing that I wish they would do it again I mean like you know this is my thing like it was never like and I don't know if it like if it they had extra staff in there like I can't imagine because there there there's movies playing all those times but um, you know and it was never like you know, packed, packed out. Like the, I think the one I went to in Chicago, like that one time, that time it was, it was packed out, but that was because like the, the number of screens that they were doing it in was super yeah. low. And like, that, like the closest one I could go to was in Chicago. So like, yeah. Uh, it, that being said, it's like, would you rather just have another half empty theater, you know, like playing some other like old movie that's been in there for a month or repurpose it for this, you know? I wonder if it could be just a, a like a purely like commercial, like dollars, uh, you know, dollars. To, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd pay more for it then. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I would at least. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, you figure you got a lot of, you know, if, Hey, if I have this on, on individual sh- uh, screens, um, you know, it makes, might make more money than if you just did it in two weekends or whatever with a, with a single ticket. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, you'd have to like find the balance of like how much are people willing to pay for the big, like the big ticket, yeah. um, to make that, make that happen. But yeah, I also think like, you know, just in general movies that, that I, I love whenever they come back in theaters for, uh, for nominations and stuff. Um, but yeah, you're right. You could do both. You wouldn't have to do just one or the other. Yeah, totally. Oh man. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's what we have for this week. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com, on social at chriswright250, and johnwright777, and at stayontargetpod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.